0: You're listening to the Renovation Church Sermon Podcast. For more information on services and events at our Simpsonville and Greenville locations, visit us online at therenovation.church. Today's message is presented by our Greenville teaching pastor, Matt Humphrey. We've been in a series called Under My Roof, talking about how to have peace um, in our relationships, in our home, in our families? How do we have God's peace in those things? And so uh, we, we looked at finances, we looked at principles, we looked at marriage last week, and today uh, we're gonna talk about parenting. Now, if you're like, I already did that, or I haven't done that, or I'm beyond that, let me just say a quick disclaimer. Um, I love this. I love the family of God and how we are called to Um, encourage and lift one another up. And I've met, um, I've met spiritual mothers and fathers that have done more for people than biological mother and fathers. Um, And so this isn't a discounted from the season. And grandparents play an important role in the life of kids and their grandkids. Uh, And so if you don't have kids yet, these are great principles to apply as well. But uh, I think all of us, we can learn from this. But parenting's hard. Can we just be honest for a minute? Like, all the parents in the room are like, yeah. Like, it's just, it's, it's real. I saw uh, a couple of weeks ago, there was an eight-year-old who carjacked someone and went on a spree through Alabama and like, wouldn't be pulled, wouldn't, couldn't get pulled over. And I'm like, when I was eight-year-old, like, I was, I, I sold a cookie or something. I don't know, probably more than that. But like, that was the least of my parents' concerns. It was a five-year-old, like, several years back that his parents wouldn't buy him a Lamborghini so he sold their car to drive to California to buy one. And they're like, he had $3 in his pocket, one, uh, and he made it like two miles from his house, but like, now this isn't common, but man, how things have changed. Right? Like my, my Huffy getting sold out of the, the, the front yard was like the biggest concern when I was growing up, man, how things have changed. And here is, uh, we, we've got to set some goal setting. The, f- the first is this, what, what is the goal for parenting? One, the goal is to survive, right? That's it, I'm just playing. Some days it feels like that, let's be honest. Like we're just gonna make it through this day, we're gonna have another day. Uh, but here's our, our definition that we're gonna work around this morning as we unpack God's word. Our goal for parenting is to love and lead your children from a dependence upon you to a complete dependence on the Lord. Um, that's our job as parents that we know, one, that children are a blessing from the Lord um, and that they, they've been entrusted to us for our care, for our shepherding. And our, our responsibility, our, our job is to love and lead them going when they're, when they're born, they're on a complete dependence upon mom and dad. Um, and, and as we um, help them to grow and to mature, Lord willing, and leave the nest, Right? is they, they get to a point in their, their walk, not just in their age, but in their maturity, in their walk with Jesus, that they become wholehearted followers of Jesus. Like that's the ultimate goal. It, it's not just, um, you know, it, it's not just success in their life, but, um, it's this well-rounded, uh, they're completely dependent upon the Lord. Um, Some days it feels like survival. Some things you you didn't even know that you needed to worry about until you read a new blog and you're like, I didn't know that was a thing. Like every, with every kid we had along the way, like parenting 101 changed. Like I didn't know car seats could expire like gallons of milk, you know? Like back in the day, there wasn't even car seats. You just strapped them in like in the back of the Volkswagen, you know, or the, the, the station wagon. The seats that fit the other that went the other way. We used to go on vacations, and I would sleep in the trunk, like of a minivan, not like you know actual trunk. That'd be a different kind of vacation. Um, <laughs> but there's so many things like what foods, what teaching style, how what how much screen time, how much tummy time, how much sleep time, how much nap time, how much interaction, like all of this stuff. Like there, so many things changed through all that. So many different styles. Um, what kind of milk they can drink. Now you can't even have animal milk. It's got to be some kind of plant-based milk or something. It's so many different styles and rules of, of growing children and, and, and raising them have changed, but God word, God's word stands unchanging, and it stands applicable. So if you have your copy of the scriptures, we're going to be Deuteronomy chapter 6, uh, verses 1 through 9, and I'm reading from the NIV again this morning. Um, there's some principles here that we want to uh, apply when it comes to parenting and when it comes to finding peace in our home, because um, I don't know about you, but I I think we could all stand for more peace. All right, Deuteronomy 6, 1 through 9. Uh, These are the commands, decrees, and laws the Lord your God directed me to teach you to observe in the land that you are crossing the Jordan to possess. So pause for a second. So I uh, forgot to give us some context. This is, uh, God is speaking through Moses. They're, they're rescued out of Egypt. They're about to go into the, the promised land. They're about to start on this journey. We, we talked about this a few weeks ago about the principles of peace. Uh, we, we talked about how God was leading his people to um, a land flowing with milk and honey. And he was often described as a, a place of rest for them. And so he's, he's saying, hey, before you go into that land, He's saying, you need to, uh, to follow and observe my decrees. He's saying, so that your children and their children after them may fear the Lord your God as long as you live by keeping all his decrees and commands that I give you, and that, so that you may enjoy a long life. Hear, O Israel, and be careful to obey so that it may go well with you, and that you may increase greatly in a land flowing with milk and honey, just as the Lord, the God of your ancestors, promised you. Hear, O Israel. He's talking. This is God the Father talking to kids because he keeps repeating himself. Uh, The Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength. These are the commands I give you today are to be on your hearts. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates. We can't just say them once, we have to say them numerous times. Um, more than having friends, more than having a successful career, more than like doing well and well with their lives, our highest goal um, has to be them following Jesus. Like it's, it's our highest goal, but at the end of the day, it's, 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 if we're real, it's our deepest fear. Our deepest fear as parents is that we mess up along the way that we have not done the right things or we've done the wrong things. And that when we finally think that their wings are ready to fly, that they go off and they, they don't follow the Lord. And, and the things that we try to instill into them have just kind of been put on a shelf. Now I know this, one, that God loves the prodigal more than the parents. You need to know that. That if, if God in, in the leaving the 99 to go after the one, um, once again, it's not our, we can't take credit for our children's success just as we can't take responsibility for failure. And so we, we have to free ourselves from that. We have responsibility. We have duties. But at the end of the day, if our children did well, praise be to God. If they, if they don't, we're going to pray for them. And we're going to trust that God loves them more than we actually love them. Um, and so our deepest desire is not just to be well-rounded. It's not any of that. It's that they wholeheartedly follow Jesus. Um so here's what we have to remember is too is that every season parent and kid is different. How how crazy is it that like we, we've got three children? Every one of them is so different and so unique. Like <laughs> down to like uh when there were babies like with diapers, like right, you find a diaper that works for a kid. I always heard this, but and then the next kid you put them in the same diaper and like it just doesn't fit right, doesn't work well, you're like, how it's a diaper. It, it's not like it, it serves one purpose, but it doesn't work well. Like, one kid has blowouts. Like, we would start a principal with one kid, and then we get to the second one or the third one, and we're like, nope, that doesn't work anymore. Like, how, how different each child is, their propensities. Some, you can just look at them, and they're like, all right, I'm in the wrong. Some, you can look at them, and they're like, bet. You know? They're just, just like your mother. No, um, but, but how is it that they're so different? One, we have to remember remember that parenting is, is not like an equation. <laughs> it's not. It's not like a, a, an equation of one plus one equals two uh, because some days three is the answer. And you don't know how three got to be the answer, but it is for today. Uh, so it's, it's, not a, it's not a formula. There's, there's principles that we need to put in place, but it's not a formula. It's like, hey, successful kids do these 13,000 things and they're going to be successful. Um, so every kid is different. Every parent is different. This, the, the way you were parented is probably vastly different from the way you're parenting. Uh, the, the parents that you grew up being around, even your friend's parents, are vastly different than today. Uh, the tools and resources that you were equipped by your parents are different than the tools and resources that you are handing down to your children. So if every kid is different, every parent is different, and every season is different. As a toddler, some days the goal was just survival. Let's be honest. If they didn't break something or get injured or have a meltdown, it was a beautiful day. Uh, potty training days, like that that was a whole thing, right? It, it's just every season is different. I heard a pastor explain it like this, is that uh, from the ages of zero to five, uh, your, your goal is discipline. Your goal is to instill discipline into your children. Uh, from, from five to 12, it is training from 12 to 18, it's coaching. And then from 18 on, it's friendship. And, and where a lot of problems come up is that when in those certain phases that we try to take either, uh, we try to be their friend during the zero to five or the, the five to 12 years, um, or we, we, we tried to be their coach, or we, we tried to discipline them when, they're, when they've left home, is that we have to realize that in every season there's a different goal, a different responsibility. Um, but it's not our job, it's not our, the, the task at hand is not to institutionalize our kids. Like if you, if you even think about the, the, the difference between like commercial farming and, and shepherding, you're like, how are you relating this? Just follow with me, right? So like commercial farming, uh, you, you they, they, raise cattle. Uh, the goal is output. The, the goal is, is results. It is, Hey, let's feed them. Let's, let's, you know, give them antibiotic shots. What, what, all the stuff, but like, we're going to raise them with the goal is that they, they're under our care so that we can then, you know, turn them in a hamburger, whatever one day, like, let's be honest, uh, that's, there, there's an output goal, but the goal of a shepherd is highly relational. Um, The the goal of a shepherd is to oversee the flock, but it's relation-based. The the shepherd stays with the sheep. The shepherd protects the sheep. The shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. Um, The shepherd coaches and guides. The shepherd will throw rocks at the sheep to keep them away from danger. The shepherd will will correct the sheep. The shepherd will do all this, but but there's a basis of relationship. So we, we can't look at parenting as a institution in which we put our children through this boot camp of things. But we can't just let them do their own thing and not correct. But we have to realize that the relationship is the, um, the guiding part of that, of providing and protecting. We, we don't try to shelter our children, but we do protect them. Um, I remember driving to church one day, Uh, My kids were little. We didn't have Emma yet, but it was just Jude and Carson in the car. And I was on this like windy road. It had been raining and there was a squirrel in the middle of the road. And he did that whole, like, not sure what side to go to. You know what I'm talking about? Like he goes back and forth and the road was wet. And so he didn't have great traction. And all of a sudden there was a crunch. And I looked back and my kid, like, they, they didn't notice. And so I just like, Hey, what are, what are you guys thinking about? Just like this, like trying to, you know, smooth over in case they were wondering what that bump in the road was. Because it was obvious. Like it was like he saw us. He was looking at me, peering into my soul, like don't do it, you know. Um, but I, that, I, for some reason that stuck with me. As like because my, my job as a dad, our job as parents, is to not just keep them in a bubble. It's to shelter them. But there's certain things that we need to protect them from. There's certain things that they just don't need to know about. They don't need to know about the world until they're at an age appropriate to know what the world has and how to be ready and be prepared to keep our feet planted on truth. And so our job as parents is, is this idea we're called to shepherd through relationship to love and lead our children from a complete dependence upon us to a complete dependence upon the Lord. So four quick things, and then you guys can head to the lake. Uh, number one, first principle as parents is we got to show up. we got to show up. Um, we cannot effectively shepherd our kids if we aren't involved in their life. Um, I saw this stat is that the average family, uh, the amount of time that they spend together in a day is 37 minutes. 37 minutes, that's it. The average American family face-to-face or even just interacting with one another is only 37 minutes a day. Like we spend more time on Instagram than 37 minutes. Like we we spend more time prepping meals, but we, we can't shepherd our children. Verse six, he says, "'These commands that I give you today "'are to be on your hearts.' impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home, when you walk along the road, when you lie down, and when you get up. How can we instill God's words into them? How can we lead them? How can we love them if we don't spend time with them? Mealtime is a great, uh, what seems like a pastime, right? Uh, Mealtime, if you're struggling to find time together as a family, mealtime, make mealtime a priority. It's a captivated audience, right? Kids get hungry and you feed them. Right? It's, they have no other, especially if you have almost teenagers, they eat a lot. Uh, you put them at a table, you talk, it's face to face. Now sometimes it's like this face to face, but lift your eyes. Captivated time together. You'll be surprised. I, we've, we've tried to make mealtime a, a priority. We, we rarely have, unless we're out at obligations with, with church or something, we, we, we try to have most of our dinners together as a family. Um, even on the weekends, we, we try to have like lunch or breakfast together. And what I love is even like when we, we've had a crazy week and we finally eat together, my kids are they're like, we haven't got to eat together in a while. Um, and I love that. And it's just a time. Now, sometimes there's a, there's a lot of the, the shepherding that, that takes place. Don't lean your chair back. Lot, you know, manners, that kind of stuff. Like, you've got food in your cheeks. Look like a chipmunk. Like, let's, let's digest some of that. Um, but it's a great conversation piece. Mealtime. Don't underestimate the value of that. Weekly obligations. Um, we need to be home when we can. We can't be pulled in 37 different directions and neglect the, the, the one-on-one time that we have with our kids. They need to see your face. They, 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 they need to like, see the ups and downs of life. They need to be with us. We need to spend not just like, quality time, not just doing the thing, but we need to spend time together. Um, we have to fight against the grain. I, I saw this. is going to make everyone want to move. Um, but I said, this is from years ago, and it's, it's still current, that um, in the United States... We're like one of the only, um, uh, countries that doesn't have uh, modern countries that doesn't have mandatory vacation days. This is a, a chart of, of nations and their mandatory by law vacation days. Uh, and a lot of us are going to move to Austria after this. And um, the United States is zero. Now, a lot of companies, they give paid vacation, but these are re- required minimums in other countries. I don't know isn't this bitterness just sinking in right now. <laughs> you're like, what? Um, that's a 38 days in Austria. Mandatory. Like if you're, if you're an employee, you're, you have to take that time off. We're, we have zero like mandatory days. Now most people average between uh, one to two weeks after about five years. But only 58% of vacation time is actually taken. Um, Now, a vacation and time off away from work doesn't fix anything. But if it's a privilege, and we're saying that our effort is better spent at the office than it is at home with our family, there's a problem. The staycation is a beautiful thing. It doesn't cost you money. You can work on a project around the house, but it's intentional time of saying, hey, work is not the priority. My my first calling is, is here at home, is with the family that God has given me. Um, and so what this means is is looking at this it goes against the grind of our culture and so we we have to find ways to carve out time at home if if our daily schedule and our daily routine is too hectic and too busy then we need to cut some stuff out what are the extracurriculars that are extra and don't need to be there what are the things robbing us? Is it, is it the, the monthly schedule? What, what is it that we can do to spend time where it matters most? Because we have to show up. We, we can't get them to a dependency on the Lord if we, if we aren't even present at home to instill the values of following Jesus into their hearts, into the, the daily rhythms of what it looks like. So number two, number one is show up. Number two is show out. Show out. Show um, out. He says, these commands and decrees and laws, the Lord, your God directed me to teach you to observe in the land you are crossing to the Jordan to possess so that he's given it to them to follow so that their children and their children's children may fear the Lord as long as you live by keeping all his decrees and commands I give you so that you may enjoy a long life. Um, so much of what we want our children to do and to know, we just need to do ourselves. Like we, we want them to live lives of integrity, then more than just talking about it, we need to live it. We, we, want, to, we want our kids to be unselfish, then we need to model unselfishness. We, we need to model what this looks like to, to follow Jesus. We need to display it with our everyday life, not just with our words. Um, what's interesting is those, uh, you know, especially as kids are younger, is like all the the mother's day and father's day, like, Hey, what's your dad's favorite thing to do? Or what's your mom's like favorite thing to cook? Sometimes you get one of those questions. You're like, Ooh, what's going to be the response. But I remember Emma, our, our daughter, uh, when she was younger, she would, she would pretend like she's working or she'd pretend to be like mom and dad and, and would find anything to be like a, a computer. Or a phone and she'd you know have a toy as her phone and this and 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 even if it wasn't work, it was free time. And I was like, as a as a parent for a young kid that's convicting, because like this is what they think that we do all day. It's just sit on a computer with a phone at our ear, whether we're working or not. And, and and is that what our our children see is just our dimly lit faces from the glow of our devices. We we have to show out, we have to lead our lives with integrity, we have to lead our lives um, to set an example of, of what it means, not just say it, but lead it. Um, I love that um, a few years ago we, we moved our piano from our office, my wife's office, um, to um, the, the, the kitchen area and, uh, and it's played so much more, uh, not by me, but it's played so much more by her. Um, and what I love is, is like on Saturdays or throughout the week, she'll just sit down at the piano and she'll just start playing and, and sometimes singing. But, but it's not a, hey guys, watch me worship. She doesn't like command the attention of the house and say, let me teach you how to worship. She just does it because it's who she is. Because in her heart, she's a, she's a worshiper. She, she's passionate about music. It's, it's, it's what God placed in her. And, and one of the greatest ways that I hope my children like learn to worship the Lord and love to worship is by what they just see modeled. And not just do it as a, as a response, but it becomes something ingrained in them who they are. So we have to show how, or we have, to, we have to show out the good, the bad. Comparison is a double-edged sword because one, I know as a dad, I constantly feel like a failure. I constantly feel like there's so many things that I should be doing more of, I should be doing better with. There's so many things that I'm just like, I failed at that, I failed at that, I failed at that. And, and that's one of the things that comparison does. It, it tells us where we're weak at. It tells us like, where we need to uh, grow at. It tells us where, like I saw this video of a dad who for his daughter's birthday gave her a Bible that he read for an entire year and wrote notes in it every single day, underlying passages and praying through every verse in the Bible and like gave that to her as a gift. And I'm like, I can't compete with that. Like, that's just like the bar is up here. I'm just like, I'm such a failure as a father, you know? But also what comparison does is is, is iron sharpens iron. You're around other people and you're like, hey, I, I see what they do and I wanna do that or I see where I need to grow, or I see where I'm deficient and I, and I look for help, and that's the beauty of comparison. But where comparison is bad is when it gets us to stop in our tracks and say, you know what, it's not worth it, I'm a failure. And that's not the voice of the Father, that's the voice of the enemy. We have to realize that God has entrusted our children with us, mom and dad, to shepherd, to love. And the greatest thing that you can do is to just show out how you follow Jesus on a daily like, routine in your daily life. Um, number three is to show how. Show how. To teach, admonish, instruct, to come alongside. Uh, Ephesians 6, um, one through four, it says, "'Children, obey your parents in the Lord, "'for this is right.'" I don't see many of those signs at Hobby Lobby, but they should make them. Um, put those up everywhere. <laughs> "'Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with a promise, so that it may go well with you and that you may enjoy a long life on the earth. Verse four, the fathers do not exasperate your children. Instead, I'm often told that one, instead bring them up in the training and instruction of the Lord. He's saying our our job is to... uh, the. They often divide the, the, the Ten Commandments up, the Jewish people, in, in two different um, sets, in the first five and the second five, meaning uh, a relationship with God and a relationship with, uh, with others. And this one bridges that gap because it's, it's, it's the first commandment w- with a promise, if you want to live a long life. It's in our, our, our responsibility is to, is to teach our children to honor and to uh, respect uh, but we need to demonstrate the gospel at work within us, but we also need to talk about it. Um, I, I think it's funny, though, too, is, is he's talking about this, and then right after that, Paul goes into talking about spiritual warfare. <laughs> like it's, as a parent, like you're like, it's real. Um, <laughs> but, but he uses the same word of, of teaching and admonishing that Paul uses later about the purpose of the scriptures. Um, he talks about the, the purpose of scriptures is this teaching and admonishing, is this discipline and training. Um, we're to raise our children talking about God's word. Whether it's a, 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 you find an age-appropriate devotional to do at, at home, um, a couple nights a week, every night of the week. Maybe just start with one night a week. As, as they're little, the greatest thing is, is reading Bible stories together. There's tons of great resources. Um, in fact, next week, uh, families, we're gonna be giving you guys some resources I'm really, really excited about. Um, to equip families better. But, but we have to teach them God's Word. We have to teach them not only just the importance of it, we have to live it out. So we have to show them how. Um, so much of what we do, um, we, we talk about the difference between what, it's not just taught, it's caught. It's not just what we teach them. It's what they catch by watching us. It's what they catch by, by learning. I mean, think about the, some of the life skills even, practically, that you learned. It wasn't because you sat through a class. It's because someone walked alongside you and showed you how to do it. The way you learned to cook, the way you learned to, to drive, oh, maybe, uh, the, the way you, you, you learned to, to fix things, all of those things were generally skills that were caught. And, and not just practical skills, but, but what it means to follow Jesus, what it means to, to ask for forgiveness, what it means to repent, what it means to encourage, what it means to serve, what it means to be generous. A lot of those things are going to be taught and caught by our kids. Committing questions, what are, what are they catching from us? So many times I, I see even behaviors in my kids, I'm like, they caught that from me and that's not good. I need to correct. I need to. I need to change before I can ask them to change. What does need to be caught? Um, we need to manage, model healthy habits like finances, even time management, uh, serving in the community, serving in the church. The, the things that we want them to to instill in them, we have to to practice that. Um, but also, like even when it comes to like marriage, um, our kids know. That mom and dad are an immovable force. We are a team to be reckoned with at times. Um, but they know that we're on a team. And so it's usually like, a, what did mom say? Um, and we're, we're teaching them that, that our agreement that us being on the same page um, is, is a Primary importance. It's important in our in our marriage. It's important in our family, and and we balance each other out. This do not exasperate your your children. I'm I'm I can be reminded of often, Um, like yesterday um, I was on the back porch and there was a massive spider that my kids saw, and so I I caught it and put it in a jar, Um, because I'm like I'm gonna do something this with my kids because it's fun, Um, and so I was I was going to go take it over to my daughter and my wife looks at me she's like, she's gonna cry, and I'm like. moms have this ability to know the outcome before you go down the trail. And I'm like, I never saw that coming. And so (laughs) she's like, how did you not see that coming? I'm like, you're smarter than I. So, um, and I just use bad grammar. So anyways, you are smarter. Um, So I took the jar and she's like, hey, just so you know, she's probably gonna cry. And so I was like, you know what, I'm gonna listen to her. And so I did it differently. I didn't just, like, scare her with it. I didn't open the lid. I didn't prank her. I showed her, and it worked smoothly. And I was like, hey, this kind of was cool. Um, but dads have this ability that we, we want to, like, we want to have fun with our kids. We wrestle. We give them a hard time. We prank them. We do certain things with them. Um, but when it comes to spiritual things, we, we, we don't frustrate them. Um, we, can't just, we can't just tell them to do. We have to walk alongside we have to show them, we have to teach them, we have to guide them. Um, and number four, most importantly, is we show why. We show up in their lives. We show out with how we live our lives. We show them how, we walk alongside them, we, we teach them, we guide them. But I think um, number four is we show why. That, um, when your ch- child is, is just beginning to talk. That can be almost a cuss word, the word why. Why, 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 I don't know, you know? You, you hear it so many times, but I, I think as parents, our, one of our job is, is to not just teach them the obedience, it's to explain and to do the hard work of explaining why. It's a lot harder in a conversation to unpack the why we do things. But once again, our, our goal is not just output of compliant, successful kids. Our, our, our output is fully devoted followers of Jesus. And, and so we have to explain the why. Hey, like, hey hold open a door for, for practical things. Like, hey, we hold open a door for, for people and they go in. It's, it's, it's manners, hey, it shows respect. It's, 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 instead of just, just do it, tell my boys, hey, go be the first one, open the door, like show, like show respect, like go before, like serve women. Like you do that. Like it's just something you do. But I can just say all day long, just do it, just do it, just do it. And he could do something and not know why he's doing it. But our job is to come alongside and to teach the why. Hey, this is, this is We don't just are generous. This is why we are generous. We are generous because God displayed ultimate generosity through Jesus on the cross. And because everything that we have is given to us by God, that's why we wanna be generous towards people. So we don't wanna just spend it on random things we're called to steward our money. It's easier to just say, because it's my money. (laughs) Because mom and dad make the decisions. Because, because, because. Instead, we say, why? And that takes more time. But, but our job as parents is to help them connect the dots, is to not just teach them obedience to God's word, but why? Why we honor the Lord, why we serve, why even with, 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 with life advice, like, hey, I see you walking down a path. And as your, as your mom, as your dad, when they become the, the right age, we begin unpacking some of our story hey, I, I, I walked down a similar path in my life and it was headed for destruction, but God got a hold of my heart and changed the trajectory of my life. So that's why I care for you. That's, that's why. So we have to help fill in the blanks, help them to develop their own faith. We, we can't just build up this... this um, this facade of of beliefs that we hope they just fully know and understand the why behind, but we have to help them with that. Um, A few final thoughts. One, whatever season you're in, know that there's still time. Whether they turn 18 tomorrow, whether they're 58, there's still time. There's still time to love your children. There's still time to pour into your children to your grandchildren, there's still time. Um, What are they learning from you? What are you teaching them? Um, I love this in Lamentations. It says, the steadfast of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. What I love about the Lord is is that every morning when we wake up, his mercies are brand new. Meaning that if we have failed as a mom and dad or feel like we failed as a mom and dad, tomorrow's a brand new day. And you're not gonna get it right every day. You're not gonna get it right in every moment. And that's actually a great thing because your kids can see grace and repentance modeled. We go and say, hey, when I, when I said that that way, I was, I was upset and I should have spoken that way hey guys, we, we, we haven't made this as much of a priority as we should and, and, and this is why we're going to do that. we got to be there. we got to actually follow Jesus with our lives. We help them to connect the dots so that one day when they have their family of their own, when, when our children's children are growing and maturing, They'll understand the, the principles of what it means to follow Jesus, of what it means to, to be a servant, of what it means to, to take the responsibility, the privilege, the honor of pouring into the next generation to heart. Let me pray for us. This morning, Father, we love you, and we're, great, we're grateful for your word. God, we're grateful that we have the ultimate example of a perfect father. Lord, we, we know it's hard. We know it's tough. We know it's a gift to be able to speak into the lives of others, whether, whether they are our kids, our grandkids, stepkids, kids in our neighborhood, kids in the church. Lord, you have given us a, a privilege and an opportunity to declare for one generation to next the next, the faithfulness of our God. Lord, I pray for strength and courage that we would continue to pour into, that we continue to teach, to admonish, to build up, to instruct, to walk alongside, knowing that our our sowing and our tilling will one day produce a harvest. And so, Father, we thank you for the privilege of, of being used in that. Lord, I pray for every weary heart this morning, I pray for every home that feels like a desert of peace right now. And I pray that the voice of our Heavenly Father would speak words of encouragement and hope and strength in every situation. And Lord, that you would do what only you can do in those situations. And so, Father, we love you. We thank you for this day. It's in your awesome and holy name we pray. Everybody said amen, amen. Church, we love you. Uh, I hope you have an awesome long weekend. As always, our prayer team will be down here in front to pray with you for anything. God bless you guys. We'll see you next Sunday. Thanks for listening to the Renovation Church Sermon Podcast. Find out more about following Jesus and building his kingdom at Renovation.church.